0: The Gospel Whiskey Runners are here with The Antidote. Frontman Jared Turner is here for a talk. Thanks for coming.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Your band is from California, so I need to know if it's actually true that it's always the land of warmth and sunshine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the specific area that we're from in California is the Central Valley, so when we say that, nobody knows where the heck that is, so we usually have to say we're right in between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and people just kind of friendly nod like they know what that means. But where we are specifically, it is it is very sunny, particularly in the summers. It's extremely hot. We're a really heavy agricultural area, so mm-hmm. it's beautiful and green, hot, smells like cows. It's wonderful. We love it. <laughs>
0: okay so rather than you telling us about agriculture and cattle what's Mm -hmm. it like for music in your city
1: yeah that is a great question uh if if we looked back in 20 years ago i would say not much other than you know potentially sitting on a porch playing some music but in the last 10 to 15 years there's been quite a a music scene that's popped up for us. And a lot of that has to do with a nonprofit organization called sound and vision. And they've been working hard over the last decade, um, bringing lots of music, which then inspires, I think um, lots of music in this particular area. So I actually think, you know, sticking with the California theme, I think there's a bit of some gold in these (laughs) hills here where we're at in the central Valley.
0: Do you find some gold when you go to play shows? Because where do you have to travel to?
1: Yeah, so thankfully we have some good venues um, here locally that we can play at and that we are well-received in, so that's good. Um, You know, it's kind of nice to have just a hometown spot that you can play, practice new music. You can have plenty of people that are familiar with you or fans of you that will travel, you know, an hour or two away if they know you're going to try something out. Um But actually, we travel a bit in California, but most of our travel is outside of California.
0: That makes things expensive.
1: It makes things really expensive, especially uh when you have to pay for everything yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jared, you have to explain to me about your band name, the Gospel Whiskey Runners. I mean, I just don't get it. How can whiskey running and the gospel connect?
1: Yeah. Well, it connects almost nightly in my house, but <laughs> I, the, the name, the name it, it was very intentional. The story behind the name, uh, my brother, who's also in the band with me, he's uh, the better looking brother that plays mandolin <laughs> and keys, um, but he doesn't write songs, so he can't lead the band. Uh, but he and I actually have family roots in Kentucky. So, our family has a long-standing history in the Appalachia Mountains there. And my dad comes from a family of about seven brothers who also played music in the hills. And it was very, very bluegrass. Um, your are very traditional mountain music. And so, we come from a, a line of musicians, but we also come from a line of moonshiners as well. So during Prohibition, although nothing is on record, (laughs) totally, um, our family actually ran whiskey through those hills in Kentucky as well. So when we started playing music, obviously we were kind of born and raised on that sound and those particular instruments and that feel, that imagery that's used in that particular style of music. When we were searching for a name, we thought, well, let's just have a name, tip of a hat to kind of our roots. Um, Instead of running whiskey into places that we play, uh, we run good news. And that's typically how we write our music, how we play our music. There's always an edge of hope, of light. And so that's where the gospel Whiskey Runners comes from.
0: Have you ever had any Christians coming up to the band at a show and saying you're going to burn in the fiery pit. <laughs> I
1: mean, associated you know, with whiskey. We, we, we haven't had the privilege yet of that, uh, thankfully, but honestly, we don't play much in the Christian circles. Uh, maybe it's our name that keeps us out of those places, but it's a name that is, it's cool enough for Christians that they feel cool, like, ooh, this is edgy, and it's also You know, you've got whiskey in it, so nobody really gives a crap what you sound like. You know, you sound cool. So it's enough of an edge to work in both places for the most part.
0: You've brought up a little bit about the history of the band, but how did it begin?
1: Actually, it started about this time of year, Christmas, maybe eight years ago. The other vocalist in the band, Colette Bowley, who's the female vocalist in the band, also quite the sparkle of the band. She and I met in a coffee shop and she was telling me her stories about being rejected from auditioning into bands before. And I thought, well, why don't we just start a band? And it was at Christmas time. We said, well, let's just cover Christmas music. We don't have to, you know, do anything. We can just put our spin, our taste, our little edge on it. And so we did that. We played a show at a little tiny coffee shop nearby. And it happened to be kind of like their holiday extravaganzas. There were hundreds of people that were listening to this, and and it worked. I mean, the sound worked, our chemistry worked together, and so somebody interviewed us. We gave them fake names. We gave them the name you know that we had talked about a bit as a band name, but we gave them actually fake names for ourselves. <laughs> I think Patty Westmont and Oliver James. And so we had a whole elaborate backstory because we never thought this would go anywhere um, but after that Christmas season, we, we said, man, there's something here. And the rest of the musicians said, man, if we could continue to do something, that'd be great. And I said, well, actually, I've written a few songs, you know, and we could try that out. And honestly, the rest is history. That's kind of where this thing started.
0: And your sound is contagious. I mean, it's roots, it's folk rock, it's Americana. It has a touch of a few other styles. Have you ever felt that your music is really coming from another place in time? You know, that's a great question. Um, We definitely
1: have taste of kind of days of old in our sound. We found it's difficult to do that authentically, if I can use that word, because of where we're at at this time with digital and, I mean, to really hone some of those sounds, to almost preserve it, I kind of liken it to seed preservation. You know, there's these wonderful, beautiful sounds and instruments and styles and imagery and writing that takes place, particularly in those kinds of styles of music that we really want to hold on to those and make sure that they don't get lost. So we're not perfect at it. We don't nail it. We're not bluegrass enough for bluegrass fans and we're not indie rock enough for indie rock fans but we really try to find that kind of beautiful blend of new but also something that's rich and has a history to it
0: i love how you mentioned about preserving seeds from somebody coming from an agricultural area
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just falls out of us around here you know when you stare at these beautiful fields all day it's what you got
0: to work with You sort of drew upon some of those seeds by heading into the blues with a mini tribute on the song Muddy Waters.
1: Yeah, Muddy Waters, that song, you know, it's interesting. Even the the blues themselves, it, it kind of pulls up these feelings inside of people, you know, so that's actually one of the most responsive songs that we play. And I think it is because we We dipped into those streams of blues, and it's that kind of deep, almost dark uh, side of life that things don't go well, things aren't clean and pretty. And when I think when music, one of the gifts of music is helping people go to places um, that maybe they wouldn't go on their own. When we play that song, or even just people who come up to us and say they've listened to music... That particular song is one that elicits all kinds of emotions. It's interesting because when you write a song, you have some intention of what you're writing for, but then interpretation of that song can go a hundred different ways. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So people could interpret that song, I mean, just like any kind of piece of art, you could interpret it a thousand different ways. It speaks to you in certain ways, but that song particularly, it just elicits deep kind of emotions and responses from people.
0: It sounds like you were surprised by that.
1: You know, honestly, it is a little bit of a surprise. That, that song actually came out of, um, I don't want to say accidental, but it came out of a practice night where we um, may or may not have had a bit of whiskey and we were engaging in some conversations of just some you know, some disappointments about things that had happened in that particular season of life. And, and we'll, we started to just play. You know, often we'll sound check, make sure everything's, you know, working properly. And then we just began to play. And that song, in about a 15-minute span, got written. And now it's with us.
0: In 2015, the Gospel Whiskey Runners brought out album number two, Know Your Enemy, I want to take that album title out of context and ask, what's been the biggest enemy of the band?
1: Yeah, let's see. That's a good question. I like that one. Um, The biggest enemy of the band, I would say, time maybe is the biggest enemy that we've run into. And that being time to play, time to write. Time to live, time to enjoy, time to travel. I mean, you can fill in the blank with anything really. We, You know, because um, music is not our full-time gig, Um, it's a full-time passion for us, but it's not our only job. We actually all have full-time jobs. And so time is generally the biggest um, kind of battlefield that we face to make this thing work and uh and that's across the board i mean there's there's about a maybe a million things that sound really great to do you know but that darn thing called time at least feels like it keeps getting shorter and shorter and keeps getting filled up with other things
0: well time really ties into that album too because it came four years after your debut release and i mean for most artists that kind of a wait can be a death sentence
1: that is true that first album came out and we were really proud of it. We were uh, really confident in it. And again, because we're an independent band, we you know we just kind of relied on people finding it, playing shows and introducing ourselves to people. We really enjoyed it. We experienced some good ground and exposure through that. And then <laughs> uh, maybe because we didn't have the pressure of other people saying you need to produce something different, we We enjoyed a little bit of time to work on those other songs. Um, We also had the birth of about three different kids throughout the band, Um, different members having kids that also eats up at time. (laughs) They demand quite a bit, those little suckers. So um, we never stopped playing music. We actually just kept playing those songs and a lot of the songs that were on that second album um, as we traveled and played. But we never stopped playing. We just also didn't have money or much time to record something new as well.
0: Topically, it's interesting when the band covers two different looks at love. You have Human Love on Tennessee Farmer's Daughter, and then also Divine Love on What a Love. What's it like to separate the two and which one takes top spot?
1: Whoa, you are just after it just going for the jugulars here. All right. Uh, you know, I'd say that definitely divine love is is woven through all of our music. It's the deepest source of inspiration and spark for everything that we're doing. But human contact, that love, it's the clearest picture we've got. And honestly, we just decided we wanted to sing about both of those things we wanted to enjoy both of those things. And we didn't really want to sacrifice or let go of one side and just grab onto the other because that's not, that's not life. That's not any of our lives, you know. So we, we want to clearly speak and sing and craft some conversations around that divine love, like what a love. Um, but we also want to talk about the really sweet and sometimes painful side (laughs) of human love, which honestly is what Tennessee Farmer's Daughter is about. It's mostly about just crazy women that you meet in life and how you know that this may not work out well, but you just keep moving towards them for some reason. So we didn't want to um, get pigeonholed on either side. Well, of course, you're Christians and you're going to sing about God's love and um, but we also want to write songs about smoking cigarettes and loving pretty women because sometimes you just do that too.
0: Tell me about the crazy woman in your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening to this, but uh, I have a beautiful wife. We've been married now for five years, and uh, she was actually, we weren't married at the time, but she was definitely hanging around the studio at the time we were first recorded that album. It's been a beautiful kind of process. She's such a graceful woman to give space and time. And uh, she's honestly the best cheerleader that I know in this life to just keep us kind of going. And one of the songs on Know Your Enemy is actually written for her and about her. And so she's a steady rock. She's the unsung hero, one of the unsung heroes for the gospel whiskey runners, that's for sure.
0: I usually find that the songs from the Gospel Whiskey Runners are fun. I mean, is life not really that serious or difficult? (laughs) You know, we are a band that's split between
1: optimists and (laughs) pessimists, and we happen to be led by uh, an optimist, which is myself, and life is both of those things. Life is hard, it's serious. We've experienced loss and grief, even just in our little small band of merry men and women that really would make you question and struggle and ask those large questions. What is this all about and what's the purpose of this? But we also know that we have a deep root of hope inside of each of us, that this life isn't everything that there is, that there is another uh, beyond this, and it's much longer than we have here And much more beautiful and much more full and robust. And so we have that deep root of hope inside of us um, that actually helps us enjoy the really good things of this life and hold them lightly. But it also helps us uh, make sense of the deeper things and the more painful things and, and as well hold those things lightly
0: Well, Jared, you do have a serious song called "Brothers" on your debut album, and it's about being a prodigal son. Is there a personal connection to that?
1: Yeah, that one came straight out of my life, the pages of my life. Um, I do have an older brother that plays in the band; he plays mandolin. Uh, It just like in the song, it talks about kind of the different paths you can choose in life. We definitely chose different paths for a bit. And by grace we wandered back onto a, a similar path with each other. Um and so that song is very personal because it is about the very familiar prodigal road that I know. And even though his record is a little more sparkly than mine, um he also knows that prodigal road, just in different ways and different forms and functions
0: so you're actually the black sheep and he's just a gray color
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that yes i like that
0: the gospel whiskey runners has a trio of new singles that have just come out one of the songs already gone talks about not letting time take its toll on your life you're not feeling old are you
1: oh i don't know there's something cruel in life you know you you hit your prime, I think, in your like late 20s. And then when you hit mid 30s, things just start breaking down. And uh, I don't feel that old. But uh, I'm thankfully surrounded by people who are younger than I am. And I'm looking at their life and at the pace that they're running. And I'm also thankful to be surrounded by men and women who are older than I am too. And I'm looking at them and their pace of life. And I'm just seeing kind of how you can approach and how you can pace yourself in life. And really, time isn't necessarily, I guess, always the enemy. You know, it's, it's on a steady beat. And it's uh, what we kind of decide to do in the midst of that beat uh, that really, I guess, that song is particularly is kind of talking about.
0: I would think that Already Gone also almost intimately ties into your music. I mean, because how does the band manage to keep things going when you already spoke about having young families with young kids?
1: Yeah, it definitely comes down to a choice. Everybody's got 24 hours in a day, and what you do with that is really your choice. Now, when you start adding kids and careers into that, that time gets spoken for but there's still a little bit left and so we as a band have just collectively said we're going to use you know some of that little bit left and we're gonna we're gonna do this we enjoy it one uh we believe that the way that we're holding this this kind of tension um of you know, singing about a real deep sense of hope and then also singing about the joys that you can find in just everyday life. We, we think that we have a particular kind of voice and uh, something to offer into the conversation here of life. So we all are committed to spending, investing, and pouring out some of that little bit of time in between all those other beautiful things in life to really devote ourselves to music and writing and playing.
0: Well, I think I've really been keeping you way too long here, but I do want to finish with another of your new songs, Ain't That Time. What inspired the song?
1: Yeah, Ain't That Time, it came about as one of those songs that we play often in little pubs and bars, and the people that we meet there and the stories that we hear in those spots are really inspiring to us. And Ain't That Time is really about in our own personal lives and in other people's stories that we've run across about there's a lot that can kind of knock you down in life there's a lot that can get you off maybe what you thought was your course and you easily could sit down and you could easily back off and you could easily make plans to change course but sometimes there's there's those moments where where you're headed is where you're supposed to be headed and you just got to dig your boots in and say, no, it's not that time to walk away from this. And it's not that time to change the plans, but to just keep going forward.
0: And that's the plans for the future of the gospel whiskey runners.
1: (laughs) That is the plan. We are, we're uh, not going anywhere but forward at this point. And forward looks like a couple van fulls of kids and spouses and instruments, and hopefully a lot more songs along the way.
0: Here's another thought. Maybe instead of dragging kids and bandmates and instruments along with you in the van, why not just start running whiskey? I mean, it's probably going to pay better than being in a band. (laughs) (laughs) You're on to (laughs) something. Well, The Antidote has been here speaking with Jared Turner of the Gospel Whiskey Runners. Man, thanks so much for coming. This has been great.
1: Uh, It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much. You're so kind.